What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode nine of Trust the Process. This is a special episode for us. We really aren't going to talk about anything except for the interview that Mike and I were lucky to have. Mike's here with me right now. Uh, We got to interview Scott Manzi, my brother, the voice of the JU Dolphins. And uh, Mike, how did you think that went? I think that went really well, a little longer than expected. But it was still a good, in- I think it was a great interview because I actually learned a little bit more about Scott as a, um, in his professional life and also a little bit of personal life too as well. Yeah. Because there's something that I did not know about, like there's some things I didn't know about Scott going into it. And obviously because you know more about Scott because he's your, he's your brother. But I feel like this interview definitely helped a lot in terms of possibly not even getting his name out to our, at least our audience, to the audience out there as well on tw- like uh, social media. But also, me personally get to know him a little bit more in terms of what he, how he became a broadcaster and all that information, all that good stuff. Uh, exactly. I mean, I know Scott, of course. I lived with him. I've known him, my, obviously, my entire life because he is my brother. But uh, we asked some pretty good questions about his uh, career and options that he would have in case he wasn't doing what he was doing and so on and so forth. This is probably our longest episode ever. We do oh, hope yeah. you stick around till the end. Our longest one, but trust me, it is yeah. worth the wait. It's, definitely, I know it's about an hour, maybe hour mm-hmm. and ten minutes at most. But it is definitely a real worthwhile interview. Yes, yeah, so definitely stick around, listen to the whole thing. You'll really learn about, uh, learn a lot about our uh, our local celebrity Scott Manzi, and we really hope you enjoy this. Uh, we'll just go ahead and segue in, take a listen here, and I hope you enjoy it. Hey everyone, welcome back to this special interview with Trust the Process. We've got special guest Scott Manzi, my brother, on the show today. And <laughs> I, just, I just looked at Winston. He's got something dangling from his mouth. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> How is that even possible? I don't know. <laughs> it's not drool either. I think it's just a hair. It's a hair. Anyway. <laughs> we, have, we, we have a special guest, Scott Manzi, my brother, on the show today. Um, I'm going to say the voice of JU, because you are that, and also the creator of River City Rogue, because you deserve that title. I'll be a co-creator, but thank you. That works as well. But uh, we also want to wish you a late happy birthday, June 30th. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, inching ever closer to the big 3-0. Uh, so it's, it's funny because you get to a certain point, right? You turn 21 and it's like an exciting birthday. And that's kind of the end of the exciting birthdays there for a while. You turn 25 and you start running a car. I don't know how exciting that actually is. And then you hit 30 and then it's like, okay, well. Um, don't forget 25. You know. Your insurance goes down too. Well, oh, yeah? Unless yeah. you get an incidence, which, yeah, I can, sure. uh, which I can attest to. So. <laughs> we won't get into that today, though. No, we will not. Um, we wanted to do a special interview with a special local talent, and we were lucky enough to nab Scott. You know, he, he's so his schedule's so busy, it was really hard to get him in here, but uh, we were able to finesse this one, and we're really happy to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for going through my publicist and my agent and arranging this because summertime, it is so hard to nail me down. Yeah, they, they were very good to work with. So, 
Anyway, we uh we wanted to ask you some questions since you and Richard have done a really good job with the uh, the press box press box pizza pod, mm-hmm. which you if you haven't listened to, you should definitely. They've got some really good local guests on there, including Ryan O'Halloran, which I mean he's now gone, but you'll really learn more about these guys that you would have no idea about, and that that's our that's kind of our goal today because a lot of people I notice I I talk to them. And they know, like, I know that last name. And they're like, yeah, well, my brother's Scott Manzi. And they're like, oh, yeah, I worked with him at JU. Or, oh, yeah, I've seen him at events and stuff like that. So this is just, I think, our way of getting people to learn a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and so on and so forth. All right. Well, I'm honored, and I'm ready. So let's get it started. Well, we're going to go first with uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you you do for the people that do not know well technically my title uh, is in Jacksonville University Athletics and I am the assistant director of athletic communications and broadcast media I think it just changed so that's why it's I'm a little it's a little fresh on the mind Um, but my, my main job is that I broadcast the football and basketball games on the radio as well as baseball on our internet uh, audio stream, and I handle some of the ESPN three broadcasts that we do on campus as well. I do, I'll do some. Uh, I do the football home games. I'll do some baseball, uh, some soccer, and some things of the like. And uh, I also have a lot of less glamorous things behind the scenes, but I've, I've grown kind of in the role and in the department over the last couple of years. I serve as the sports information director for baseball, which if uh, you're not sure what that is, it's Anything that goes on the website, social media, uh, that stuff is prepared and written by someone like myself. And we, we coordinate with the other schools, SID, to uh, exchange information. Like a lot of times, here's just a basic example of like what it's like as an SID in baseball in the college game is that uh, say we're playing a three-game series against a team that weekend. I'll reach out to the opposing team's SID on, say, Wednesday and uh, depending on whether you're the home or the road team, there's sort of an etiquette to who announces first, but you're looking for the opposing team's starting rotation, who are the three pitchers they'll be throwing that weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, you'll be looking for rosters. You get uh, stats, depending on what time of the year it is. Sometimes you'll get last year's stats, this year's stats, sometimes conference stats, and uh, you'll get that over to the coaching staff so they can start putting together a scouting report and all for the games that weekend. And then once the games roll around, you have to put a preview out on the website. You have to monitor the social media, of course. Uh, Once the actual game day comes in, I luckily have somebody that helps me with this because it's very difficult to do my job, especially for home games and broadcasts at the same time. Oh, yeah. But But it's uh, the the official scoring. So say you go onto a website and you pull up live stats. Say you go to ESPN.com and you pull the live Mm -hmm. stats for a game. Well, that is always being generated by whoever the host school is. And it goes to a program and all. But that means you have to enter in every single play, every single pitch, uh, so that it will kick out to the live stats and people can access that. So I don't handle that part. Uh, uh, there's a, an intern that has helped me out in the last year that does that during the games. And he'll also tweet home games. But I will tweet during the road games in between every half inning. It's a little update of what happened and the score so that people can follow along online. And then, of course, after the game, it's a matter of writing a post-game recap, getting a quote from uh, our head coach, sometimes a player if we won the game and and then uh, getting that out sending it out to the local media also coordinating events with the local media such as this year when 
when JU made a regional for the first time since 2011, there was a lot more local media coverage, of course. And we had a watch party on campus for the selection show on Memorial Day Monday. We also had several uh, open media availabilities throughout the course of leading into conference tournament play and and the regional in Gainesville and finding ways because we are you know this is a market which we're, we're obviously behind the Jaguars even Florida and Florida State to to still to a large extent and some of the other professional teams but there's still a lot of interest in the the local colleges to D1 sure. schools in this city and well, you gotta you gotta find a way to to try and, and push the narrative a little bit there and, and get the media involved. But that's just a little snapshot of some of the aspect of my job that people probably don't understand immediately. By mm-hmm. I mean, when I say I'm broadcasting a game, I think that's pretty straightforward. But it's the uh, there's a lot more that I do to have a full time job within the athletic department other than just throw the headset on on game day and uh, give the play by play. I think that goes with a lot of jobs, you know, out yeah. there. You think like firefighters, they just put out fires. Uh, police officers they just arrest people you know there's a lot more to what you do and you know that's really like the SID portion there's a lot to that Mm -hmm. and I can understand how that would be a little overwhelming with JU being the size school that it is and the competition that comes with it is it sometimes you find yourself like struggling trying to get in contact with other SIDs and you know trying to communicate and get that information to the coaching staff fortunately it's it's rare it's Mm -hmm. few and far between I mean JU's Division One, so all the other Division One schools we play, they have their stuff together. I guess you could say. Yeah, they, like they, Florida State, I'm sure right. they're right on the on top of it's, it. It's it's crazy. Yes, uh, most of the schools at our level have someone who manages the sport. It's easy to get in touch with them. It's easy to find out this information and all. Uh, sometimes when we play big schools, such as this past year in Michigan, we we played the University of Michigan, and we went up there, and they have like four people to do my job and I'm trying to do the the job of like four other people all while it it was uh, it was a little overwhelming at times but it's it's cool to see how the big schools do it because you know eventually the goal one day would be to be in a similar situation Mm -hmm. Uh, but some sometimes because JU is sort of at the bottom of the food chain a little bit I guess you could say in division one well you know the Florida State and Florida's of the world they schedule JU for games to in order to you know pay them not necessarily to get a win, but to, to play a team that is in a winnable game, certainly. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, where does JU go to find those type of games? You have to a lot of times lead Division One, And so depending on the sport, you get different types of teams. And we don't have a lot. And the, the downside of Florida is you don't have a lot of Division Two and Division Three opponents around here. You really don't. It's just not many. It's it's Division One, or it's a lot of times these kind of secondary teams. And so we end up playing... For example, Trinity Baptist is a school on the west side of Jacksonville. I'm sure you've never heard of, but it's here in town, Trinity Baptist College, and they're in like the NACCA or something, which is like a Christian college league in the, oh, in the state of Florida. And when you reach out to them, it's they obviously do not have the resources that that a Division One school has. They they have volunteers helping them out. They have all sorts of other stuff that make things difficult. So it's it's. Uh, sometimes a challenge just to make sure you can get a roster and everything. It's a, I did have a game that earlier this year where we played a team, I can't remember the name, in basketball, but they had a guy who checked in who was not on their roster, and he came in the game and he played, and I, I felt like John Madden in like an, or uh, Al Michaels in an old-school Madden game where you create the name that doesn't have a uh, – they can't say, and he just, says the, he just says the number of the guy. Like that's what it was like. I was like number 12 because <laughs> – 
just, he did, he wasn't there. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything about it. I'm sending people off to like go see if he can find an answer in between uh, uh, media timeouts. It was a, it was a nightmare. But fortunately, those, those are few and far between. But it makes you appreciate what being at the Division One level can provide. Now, if you don't mind me asking, I know you said you said do, you do football, basketball, and baseball for JU. Mm-hmm. What other sports would you want to get into or that you could possibly get into with JU? I, I've done soccer, both men's and women's, over the years for ESPN3, which mm-hmm. I, I enjoy the game, grew up playing it, and it's a, it's a fun sport to announce. Mm-hmm. I've done both win, men's and women's lacrosse. Uh, we have an event called the Moe's Southwest Girl Lacrosse Classic. It takes place every year on campus and it's a it's a major event in which they bring in a high profile a team for men's lacrosse and i've done that in the past i was not able to do it this year due to uh, conflicts with a uh, baseball schedule okay. i've done the asun championship for women's lacrosse on espn3 which is uh, you think it'd be easy to transition between those two like it is men's and women's soccer mm-hmm. but the sports are very different very different rules uh, very much a learning experience to get to know those and I think that's it. I have not, I've never done volleyball or softball. Uh, I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying that uh, due to conflicts, usually uh, volleyball plays on Friday nights. Well, I'm, I'm a lot of times on the road with football mm-hmm. or something for those, or I don't want to uh, stress the voice too much before I have a game the next day. And, <laughs> yeah. and softball obviously has a lot of conflicts with baseball, so I, I, I don't do a whole lot of those. But those games still go on, and that's, mm-hmm. another, uh, that's another portion of the job which I have to schedule the people that are broadcasting the games that I'm not because we do mm-hmm. something like 70 ESPN3 broadcasts a year. So you do the scheduling for other people? Yes, yes. So okay. I, I just handle the scheduling for the broadcasters because you have to have a, a play-by-play and, a, and an analyst for all the ESPN games per their their uh, rules and regulations. And sometimes that's easier said than done. There's a lot of like mm-hmm. local broadcasters that are looking for opportunities. But it's, uh, you're also trying to find the people that can do the best job possible because you want to put out a good product. So, basing off of that, how long would it take you for, let's say, a different sport that you're not used to calling? How long would it take you to learn the rules? Of, like, because I know you take a lot of different sports, but how long would it take you to know, know the rules of each sport? Like, uh, especially when you got into like, like lacrosse. lacrosse. Yeah. Like you, I know you didn't know the rules right. beforehand, but you definitely learned them, obviously, because you wanted to call the right. game correct. I, I remember downloading uh, something. It was like the, the beginner's guide to lacrosse or whatever. I was reading that on the way home from a, from a basketball trip one time as I was getting ready to call my first men's lacrosse game. Uh, women's lacrosse, I, I kind of cut my teeth on a couple of regular season games. And I'd been part of a few broadcasts, not as the broadcaster, but I'd done other elements in it before to kind of get my, get my feet wet on, on learning the rules. And, and the best thing to do is to get an educated analyst next to you who you can lean on <laughs> whenever you have questions. So if you sit there and you set them up to explain things, it's, it's almost like a way to learn at the same time. So it, it helps out. Gotcha. So like artists go more with basketball at least. Yeah, yeah. Now, now the nice thing I, is like I don't need a ton of um, – I mean, the rules, I know the rules to basketball, mm-hmm. but, but, but the good thing about having you have a, a Hall of Famer on your right, side, which helps you a lot. Right, and that's the, the big thing with, like, say, basketball and baseball and all. It's like the strategy of getting to I, I think I know football pretty well. I, grew, mm-hmm. I played it. I, I've been in it my entire life. I've been around it. And I still learn from it by, by bending the ears of coaches and all that. But with, with the basketball and the baseball, I've learned a lot over the last five or six years as far as strategy and what teams are trying to do in specific spots and why that makes sense and why that doesn't make sense. And that, that's the cool part about going on the road with these teams is you're, you're, you're on a bus or you're in an airport with these coaches and you get a chance to talk to these guys and, and they know the game. I mean, they know it as well as anybody. And you can, you can learn a lot mm-hmm. from, uh, from 
sometimes uh, sometimes just chatting with while you're in line uh, getting ready to board a plane. Okay. So, question: Do you get a, like a personal relationship with uh, the players? Like, for example, at least Frank Frangio with the voice of the Jaguars, he gets a per. I feel like he gets a personal relationship with the Jaguars. Yes. Do you get a personal relationship with some of the JU players? Definitely. It's it's a situation where uh, I think you get to a certain point where, depending on the team and how it is, it, it's a little bit different than other ones, but. Uh, like football, for example, there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys. So it's hard to get to know them all. But uh, and you just travel. Uh, you don't travel as much as as you do with these other sports. Uh, basketball, it's small, right? So I mean, it's 12, 12 guys on a team, and you're on a bus, and you're on the road a lot because it's a long season, and you get to know them real well. And the baseball guys, this is the first year I was able to travel with baseball the entire year, and it was awesome because I got to know those guys as well as I've ever known them in the five years that I've done play-by-play for them and got to really develop some relationships with these guys. And, and uh, that, was, that was a neat experience. And it's funny because when I first started doing this job, I didn't, I didn't know, I don't know, it, it's, I was young. Like, I was mm-hmm. 23, so I wasn't even that much older than some of these players on these teams. I, don't, I think they looked at me almost more of a contemporary than an adult, and I felt like more of a contemporary than, than an adult. I still didn't marry many things that you do in college and felt not that far removed from it, and it was hard for me to look at it as a, as a separate entity. But n- now that I'm you know, closer to 30 than I was 20, mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's definitely a, a separation. Now, they still look at me as a, as a young person that kind of under, gets it a little bit, which is nice. I don't want to be the old man yet, but... At the same time, it's uh, they recognize me because I've been involved in the school and the athletic department for long enough that it's the new players come in and they see my reactions with the old players and they want to be part of that too. Like they want to get to know me too, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. Whereas at first, maybe I was a little nervous to get to know these or, or try to put myself out there to, kn- to know some of these players. So answer this question for me. Do the baseball players do dip or they do big league chew? <laughs> Uh, depends. Uh, most of the time, most of the time, it's just it's just. Uh, sunflower seeds. Don't forget sunflower yeah, seeds. Yeah, they'll do fun. a lot. They do a lot of sunflower seeds. Uh, a lot of them still. St- I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but a lot of them still dip, <laughs> and, uh, and occasionally guys chew. But uh, you know, mostly during practice and stuff like that, when you're when you're uh, technically there's no rules and regulations. Gotcha. On that, okay. That, so you won't know when you're when it's a game. Situation. Right. In games, I right, right. Game, you yeah. I'm a little too far away. I have yeah. no idea what those guys are doing down there though. <laughs> but there, I know there's a huge tin. Uh, there's the gum tin uh, tub. So there's a whole tub full of just different types of gum and flavors <laughs> and things like that. So I mean, they're all in their packaging. So yeah. it's, it's not like they're but rubbing still, off like each they're other. Yeah, that's awesome. Are they spitting in a tub? Or no, no, they're not like spit. They're not spitting. It's it's all unchewed gum. No, he's talking okay. about gum. Yeah, gum. not not. not okay, gum, okay. Gum, gum, yeah. you never know. No, no, no. no. Chew, <laughs> chewing gum. They have a tub of chewing gum that they can just pick out whatever flavors they want during games. Okay, gotcha. And then they have uh they have they have bags of seeds and stuff too. Gotcha. With uh with baseball, the mm-hmm. team was probably the best they've ever been since you've started. Am I correct? Uh, that is correct, yes. They've, they've gotten better every year in my five years doing it, and this was the best team that they've had. So how does it feel to call, you know, we, we've been Magic fans, you know, we, we've suffered through a lot and stuff like that with our, with our sports franchises. How did it feel to call for a team that actually, like, did really well? I think the biggest thing is that you're just counting down the days in between games. Like, you just can't wait for the next one. When, they, when a team's good, when they're winning – 
like the the most fun you have is doing the game and getting ready for another W. And and it's still a lot of fun if a team's losing because it's still you know it's sports. I mean you're you're in there. Of course, it, of course. It, it stinks if you're at a game in which a team's getting blown out. Of course, but uh, it's for when you're actually in Hi. with a team that is involved in winning and especially one that you know that is going to potentially have a have a chance to go to the postseason it's it's a pretty unique experience and you're just you're just kind of counting down the time in between games so with the uh with that i i was really impressed with how baseball did this past season uh what is your uh, favorite sport to call in your opinion I get, I get this question a lot. It's probably the question I get the most when people find out what I do or they're just talking to me about it. But I, I don't really have a favorite. I mean, out of the three major sports I call, they, they all have different advantages and, and aspects to them that I, I like more than others. I mean, I love, I love the storytelling nature of baseball and how it's such a beautiful game on the radio and your job to paint a picture is so important in that in that sport and the pace of it allows you to bring a little more personality and a little more flavor to it too i can tell goofy stories and things like that when when they present themselves which is just nice and you don't have a lot a whole lot of extra time in certain other sports to insert uh, little things and and it's truly a it's truly a a narrative that is going throughout the season that you're carrying to people uh, what's your uh, based on our top favorite sport to call what's your favorite sports memory as a commentator because i know there's a, probably a few you have in mind but what's your most favorite one co- that you've called in the past man that's i don't know if there's one uh, there are a couple of moments that that stand out uh, in in recent memory football went to campbell this year and i didn't have an analyst it's one of the few games i've ever done football without so you an did analyst. Solo. i did it solo which it's it's a much better sport with an analyst it's just mm-hmm. the way it's designed but but the team went to triple overtime and won and I, I did the whole thing, and so it wait, was, they didn't have a tie, like they didn't end it in a tie. They just kept on triple. Yeah, oh yeah, college football just keeps going. Yeah, so they just, yeah, so yeah. just to make sure, they kept playing, kept playing triple overtime. Eventually, you kept going. Yes, you yeah, them. yeah. I called every snap of the entire game, and uh, Ju won. I mean, they were down fourteen to nothing in the first like five minutes of the game, off of two picks that were thrown on the first two possessions, and came back nice. and and ended up forcing overtime. And, and ended up with a huge stop on a fourth down in which Campbell was in almost in field goal range, and it was it was uh, it was tough, uh, but it was a fu- it was a fun game to do. So uh, that, that that's a memory I certainly have in football. Um, the I guess in basketball, a uh, big one I have is I don't know maybe the maybe the Michigan game this year just because it was a huge. Huge environment. They, they don't have that big upset yet. Maybe the, I would say the sweep of uh, UNF this year. The first oh, time, man. oh yeah, they beat UNF for the first time since I've been on the team, uh, calling games for the team in five try five years. So that's like I was like zero for ten going into this year, and they finally they finally got uh, not only one win at UNF Arena to st- start conference play, but then ended up sweeping them to end conference play, which is a pretty cool experience. And and baseball this year, they beat Florida twice. The first time. I was still so new in it, mm. and Keith was actually there for that game, yes. as was our old roommate Eric. And Eric better be listening to this, by yeah. the way. 
<laughs> so they, they sat behind me, fed me stats and nuggets for the for the whole game. And JU was not very good that year. Mm-hmm. And Florida was like number six in the country. And they it was an upset. It was a major upset. Yeah. Whereas I think this, we talked about that either one episode ago or two episodes ago when uh, you and Eric went down the games to watch that game. With yeah, them. we yeah. did discuss that and how it was – we were basically not supposed to be in the booth. But we were allowed to be in there, but we weren't allowed to really make any noise. But when the, the you know, what was Walk it? The game-clinching strikeout. And you can definitely hear me in the background of that clip just going, yeah! Because yeah. I was so excited that we had won I that game. I think Eric might have been clapping in the background. I can see Eric was definitely clapping. I Eric, so I can see him just <laughs> yeah. clapping, causing a scene and everything. That's and, I'm, and I was screaming. Like, I, I mean, I, I, at that point, I had no understanding of how to handle myself in like a big moment or anything so i just like yelled louder than <laughs> i did before so uh, my voice like broke at the end of the sentence because i ran out of breath yeah it, it, it was yeah. it was a fun night though as as your brother i've listened to you call every sport i've listened to you do every play i've listened to you basically do this your entire life that's why i'm trying to let mike take over this interview due to the fact that i know basically every everything, everything about, about you brother. you know right yeah you know, we've lived together for years all that jazz but Definitely, for me, listening to you call baseball is definitely uh, See, there, when, is a different that, experience. There are points where at least football, not I want to say football season, and sometimes even baseball season, I try, tune into ninety-two point five or 10, 10, 10, 10 a.m. I hear Scott's on the Scott's on the call. I'll listen to it, even basketball games. So I'll listen to it while I go from point A to point B. I'll listen to it, see what's going on, and all that. Because there's sometimes radio gets boring after a while, and having somewhat a familiar voice. I'll listen to it all, all the time, whenever it comes on. You're, you're definitely a, a local celebrity to yeah. us, that's for sure. <laughs> that, definitely. Baseball, it's funny. This year, I think I, I I went through some constructive criticism from a professional at the, right before the start of the season. And I went in, and I, I was go, went into this year, I was like, man, you're five. I've been doing this for a while. I feel pretty good about uh, my, you know, my style, what, I, what I've done over the – over the years as far as growing as a as a broadcaster in baseball but i i'm not there was a lot of things i guess that i wasn't necessarily doing as well as i could have and so i really worked on improving that and it the amount of baseball i did this year i mean i called so i remember one call i remember one <laughs> I called game. 50 60 games like right in that range yeah, and, I remember and you just one, find yourself getting so much better I remember one game it was ju against uf and i think it was uf uh, College World Series. I'm not sure. Yeah, the, the regional. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the regional. Yes. I remember that one. I was just driving home. I think from maybe from work or somewhere. Going back home to my place, I just hear you calling the game against Florida, and then I just I was like, "That's Scott." I was like, "Let me listen to this while I get back home." Just gives me something to listen to on the way home instead of listening to whether it be podcasts or even just music in in general. But I thought that was cool that you got to call the World Ser- College World Series yeah. regional. Granted, not the College World Series the actual one, but the regional is still pretty interesting, to be honest. I got a lot of, of positive feedback this year throughout the course of the season, especially toward the end. And, I mean, it feels – obviously, it's great. People don't have to reach out to tell mm-hmm. you, you you're doing a nice job. More yeah. often, you hear from people that are telling you you've done something bad. Yeah. It's just the, the way culture is. It's the same way that it happens. Like, people – there's a complaint line for a reason, and there's usually not a compliments line, right? So, so it's, uh, it's, it's very much appreciated, and, it, and I feel like it's, it's verification that – Things are, are improving, are getting better, and that this is this is the field for me, and I can continue to grow in it, hopefully. Gotcha. So speaking of growing into it, uh, what advice would you give for people interested in getting in the field of sports broadcasting or commentating in general? 
it's it's something where you don't don't expect to get a uh, even a paying job to start. Mm-hmm. Be willing to work. I saw somebody post this on Twitter the other day, but be willing to work for free. But be willing to work for free in an environment in which you feel like you can grow and learn and potentially uh-huh. get hired on at some point. I, I was fortunate enough to. So book, essentially, like a quote unquote internship. Yes, exactly. When I first when I graduated and I moved home from college, uh, when I. I had a couple months in which I was unemployed and trying to get into the field and wasn't able to, as at that point I was trying to get into television because that's what my degree kind of focused in and that's where a lot of my experience was. And it didn't work out and I'm glad it didn't work out because I, I'm much happier where I ended up, but I ended up volunteering, interning, I guess you could call it, at both 1010XL and at JU. Mm-hmm. And it was two situations in which I was able to put in my time, grow, learn in the field, and from there, I was able to get on to pay positions at both both places. And I mean, that, that's not saying that that's going to work for everybody, but it, it is certainly a better situation if you can get where you potentially could grow into a paying role. And then the other thing I would suggest is just find, don't be afraid to network and don't be afraid to network outside of an immediate group of people that know you. Um, I think... Sometimes you can get caught in, in an area, an echo chamber, mm-hmm. where you have people that may at one point have been uh, mentors and been able to provide constructive criticism for you, but you get to the point where you know them too well and they might be a little too friendly to you, and then you yeah. just don't get that same kind of honest critique mm-hmm. that you would get. So if you can uh, f- always be looking to step outside of your boundaries, meet new people, and, and don't be afraid to send off your work. and. If you can find somebody that is going to be honest with you, it's it's just going to go a long way yeah. as far as, as growing. Okay. So you said basically when you came back from school, you got in like a quote-unquote internship with 1010XL. Mm-hmm. Let's say – this is just going back to schools in general. Let's say JU does close for just whatever reason. Hopefully they never God do. Yeah. Yeah, God forbid, exactly. What school would you pick to apply for broadcasting or commentating or – Anything related to sports and why? Other than your alma mater, which I know is Xavier. Yeah. But I want to see, other than Xavier, what would you choose? Pro- providing that a job is open, too. Yeah, not, exactly. Not, like, not every, like every you. school has a, an opening. Oh, every well, school has an opening. Yeah, yeah. So and I'm you, picking a place that is not Xavier. And I, Exactly. I want to see other than Xavier, because I feel like you would pick Xavier. I mean, I'd pick Florida State second, because that's the so school is that I So is Xavier than Florida State? We'll, we'll put it this way. Um... I love where I'm at right now, and oh, I have no desires to leave JU right now because I still have a long way to go in growing in this industry and learning in this industry, and, and JU is on such a fantastic upward trajectory as mm-hmm. far as leadership and growth and everything within the school itself and the athletic department as a whole. I want to be a part of that, and there's something special about saying Jacksonville, you know, and I, I'm from here. Like, this is mm-hmm. my city, so when I say touchdown Jacksonville, like, I feel like it I'm representing good. Jacksonville, you know? It feels that, good, that's though. awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but Duval County, not four. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, um, I'll probably reach a, a, a point of maybe a limit in growth where I'm at. And that at that point, I think, it, it, provided the opportunity presents itself and I can place myself in the proper place to be able to take advantage of it, you know, that either, either Florida State or Xavier, uh, to be the voice of either of those schools would be a, 
a dream come true. So your first choice would be Xavier if they had the opportunity. If they had the if somehow open. they both came hoping in the same year and I had to pick one, yeah, I'd probably pick Xavier first. But is it because of the alma mater relation? Yeah, I think there's just something to it, and 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 the chance to nothing against Tallahassee. I like the city of Tallahassee, but but yeah. the opportunity to live in the city of Cincinnati versus the city of Tallahassee. Oh, I, I don't believe Tallahassee's yeah. uh. Is very some, interesting city. Like yeah, I had experience living there for four years. <laughs> it's a very interesting city. Yeah, you I, have to grow accustomed to it. But then again, now I don't know if I could live there. But then again, if it's a job, you might have to suck it up and just deal with it. Oh, you probably live in it, you probably live like North Tallahassee or something. Well, like, I live in the nicer. student central middle of Tallahassee where all the yeah, students yeah, I would were. Get so away that from, you'd get away from that. Yeah. yeah, you would. You would change that if you were going for career reasons. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Right. Right. Speaking yeah. of careers, if you weren't broadcasting, what would you be doing? Instead of broadcasting for JU or even Xavier's FSU, the opportunity so continue came up. being a barista at Starbucks. <laughs> it's a good question because wait, you were hang on, hang on, hold up. You were a barista at Starbucks. I was uh, for my first two years post college. I worked at Starbucks to help make ends meet while I was uh, basically volunteering my time at ten ten at ten ten and JU. Okay. Yeah, before I was able to get on full time at at JU, I was even even when I was first getting paid at ten ten and at JU, it was part time work. I was okay. con- I was contracted at JU. And I was uh, working part time. I was working side. just hourly at, at the radio station, just producing for the Frank Franchi show with Rick Ballou. I was oh, all, so I was only there five day, five hours a day or so. So it's not <laughs> enough to back, right? not 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 enough to make a make a full living. No, but, of course not. But yeah, so you got okay. So right. what would you to answer the question? What would you be doing then if it wasn't for broadcasting? Keith could it, Keith could vouch for this, but if you open up my eighth grade yearbook and it says you know career goals. One of them is football broadcaster on ESPN. You know, I, so I had it but in my the, mind. The question is, I, I know, I know. I could take that, a picture of that and prove That's it why too. this is a hard question to answer because basically from the time I was 13, I knew I wanted to do this. Okay. And before uh, – So – It's hard. It's let hard. Let me make it a better question. What do you feel like you're good at other than broadcasting and make that a possible career? Trivia. Oh wait, no, that's not a group. That's not a group. That's not really a trivia. Yeah. I've, I've always you can be jo- on Jeopardy. I've always <laughs> joked I have a very small and specific set of skills, and that why that's why it'd be very hard for me to work in another field. But I wanted to be a dentist when I was growing up. Now that would require going back to school, obviously, yeah. and mm-hmm. and maybe be a little outside of my abilities range. I was never the greatest in science and all that. Could you uh, cast a little uh, cast a little more on why you wanted to be a dentist? I don't know. I just kind of wanted to be. A dentist and uh, Hermie, the uh, from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, wanted to be a dentist too. So I and I like that movie. So you're basing off that. Yeah, I was I was Hermie. Come was on, Hermie. everyone had something uh, like that. I guess, but Rudolph the movie. Come on now. It's a good movie. I, I could potentially teach. I think I could try and find an outlet for writing, even though that's that's a harder and harder thing to get into. Though I think it's just transforming as opposed to going away. Uh, I do enjoy writing, and I do that for some of my job now um you know i i considered politics at one point in time but i don't think that i have the right temperament for that but what uh, position would you go for in politics if you don't mind me asking oh i i, I like, mean are you talking about like local, lawyer, local national, national oh yeah yeah lo- just local stuff because i would so i mayor, feel like you could make mayor's that might be attorney a bit much. like i mean if i if i could just like 
represent a even like a yeah just like a district for city council would be something okay crazy but i I feel like you can make it's easier to make an impact at the local level than than it is the national of course yeah and 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 there's a certain amount of understanding and pride that goes into working at the at the civic level versus the national level too and there's less of the man people just make so many not that we have to devolve into politics but people make so many decisions when they're in the house of representative or congress based off of just getting reelected as opposed to actually trying to make a difference so many times where it's fair enough i I would rather i'd rather do something where even if i was only one term and i felt like i did it well then that that would be something but i always did it growing up like i was a student council guy and all this other jazz even though i have a really bad track record of winning elections it, it would be hopefully. Hopefully, none of these things is that come dating to, back to high school. Uh, yeah, actually, middle school. middle school. I went O for four in high school elections. Yet I served on the student council twice. There you go. At least you served uh, on some council. Yeah, I got I got into two positions un, unopposed. That helped. That was me, uh, eighth grade chaplain. I was uh, <laughs> treasury eighth grade. I was eighth grade class president. Victor. That's where I peaked. That's where I peaked uh, politics wise. So hopefully, none of these things have to uh, be answered because I can do this. My actual career for a long, long time. Do you think you can? Hang on. <laughs> yes, it is. Do you think you could be a better voice of the Jaguars than Frank Frangie? No comment. Frank Frangie is one of my. <laughs> he is one of my mentors in this business. He is one of my favorite guys I have ever worked with, and I hope that he is the voice of the Jaguars for a long, long time. See, now first, I would love to su- maybe one down down the line succeed him, but many years in the future, uh, that would be great. But Frank is please next five years. Yeah, so no. let's say let's say Frank steps down and they offer you the job. Are you doing it in your Brian Sexton voice, no, or are you doing no. it in your own? <laughs> no. He's got to be doing it his own. Come on, we gotta have the Scott Manzi voice. David little, in the shotgun. <laughs> a little background: Scott actually did that at a uh, what was it? A fundraiser or something at school? What was it was it was through it was through church. Uh, there was there was a group that, that uh, did fundraisers through youth group. Uh, they, they call, it was like yes, an extension of yes. youth group. They called it fun. Um, it was like fellowship and something else. Can't Unity remember the exact quote. Yeah, something, uh, something right, right. Something and and so they brought in Brian Sexton as the celebrity MC of the the evening. There was an auction portion, things of that nature, to raise money. And there was a special section in which. I was brought up to do conduct in uh, the interview with Brian Sexton, so it was almost okay. similar. It was like the opposite version of what we're doing right now. He so was, you're doing the interview, yes. But, okay. And I'm asking about his profession and what he, you know, how he got into it, everything, everything like that. And when the with the night when the interview ended, uh, one of the one of the members' dads got up, or or, or, or adults got up, and he he goes, well, you know, Scott does a, a Brian Sexton impression. And he's like, oh, do you now? And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this on stage in front of him. <laughs> and, and we took, I think, suggestions from the crowd in which the, they came up with certain uh, a scenario, if you will. And I'd already kind of uh-huh. done this as like a quote-unquote party game. Like whenever uh, PE got rained out freshman year, like we would just sit in the gym and people would just give me scenarios and I would call them. Like it was kind of a, a, a fun thing. And he... So I got the scenario. I don't remember necessarily what it was. It was something along the lines of like I think Byron Leftwich was still on the team. So it was like, or it was like Leftwich to Jimmy Smith for a touchdown from twenty five yards out. So it's like oh, Leftwich in the shotgun takes a snap, looking to his right, throws into the end zone. Jimmy Smith is there. Touchdown, Jacksonville. And the the crowd is like oh that's great. And he looked at me. He's like not bad. 
So uh, God's like, got to be I'm, awkward if you're him, though. Like I know, like, I know. Uh, you, you don't necessarily want to hear that per se. I, I get it. It's I'm an a local celebrity. I'm not yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger right. or something like right. that. I went back to the table where his family was, or his wife was sitting there, and he. I sat down and she goes, he'll never admit this, but you sounded dead on like him. And I was like, well, thank you, thank you. Uh, this was awkward enough. He was very kind. Let me go, please. Yeah, he was very kind. He invited me out to training camp as a personal guest. I got to go with one of my friends out to training camp uh, later on that month. We got to sit, we had passes. You know, for my first press pass I ever got was a Jaguars one, which was pretty uh-huh. cool. And I'm down on the sidelines at the Florida Boot Practice Fields, and we're, I mean, we're watching the guys run right by us and everything. And he's, I'm just asking him questions, and he's talking and talking about getting into the biz and all this other stuff. And he could not have been more gracious after the fact. We have not. Uh, really crossed paths too many times since then, interestingly enough. But I don't do uh, a whole lot of work with the Jaguars. But yeah, he was great. He was great. Okay, so I've got two more questions for you. Sure. One. This is gonna be wait part of my take where we uh, say we have two more. Yeah, yeah two more. Like, well, yeah, last two, question. I, I got two. I, I've got at least two more questions. The actual, the actual, you, the actual last question. <laughs> my uh, first of the last two questions. Who? I want to say. Give me two people you've loved working with in the past, whether it's Ars Gilmore, anyone of because I know Ars Gilmore because I've seen some games on ESPN three with Ju for basketball. Who are your two favorite people to work with in terms of whatever sport? As, as an analyst, as saying. an analyst, yes, as an analyst. Okay, don't don't have as as wide an experience as you might think um, okay. with this, but one. Maybe I've got three more questions. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of have, have, have a tie for one. I mean, art, working with artists is a pleasure just because it's, it's just so it's special to work with a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And, and we've gotten to know each other so well over the last few years. It's, it's a unique relationship, and, it, and it's one I treasure greatly. David Lamb is someone that I did uh-huh. not know well before Everyone, we started working together. And I just knew him as like a guy I kind of grew up listening to some in local sports radio, but he was he was already on his way out kind of at 1010 or being phased back He's a little bit by the time I got it, in yeah. there. And uh, I've really enjoyed calling football games with him over the last few years. He's like kind of like your your crazy grandfather that you're like doing. Yeah. Like we we have we've done enough now four years together that we have a good rapport as well. And then this one's a little off the beaten path, but. Uh, Nolan Alexander, who's now the voice of the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats, and someone who I worked with as an intern when he was at JU before he got the job, and he was a play-by-play guy by trade, but he he, he did uh, he was the analyst for football with me on the radio for two years, and we did we just had a blast. Uh, we, we did football and baseball together, and he we just got each other from from game one we got each other we were able to read each other's kind of thoughts we we were able to flow back together he was a true professional i learned a lot from him he may say he learned something from me i'm not sure if he (laughs) needed to learn anything from me at that point (laughs) but it it was it was a just so much fun doing games with him uh for the two years he was at ju as well okay so those are the two you've worked with that you've enjoyed working with what about two people you have not worked with yet that you would love to work with, at least in the Jackson side, maybe possibly nationally? <laughs> I want to see what your opinion is on that. Well, I think and people have joked about this before because Artis as, as an analyst is is a unique person to work with and, right. and how he how he is. I think I think Bill Walton would be a, oh, a blast <laughs> to try to stumble my way through a game with him. Uh, he would he would. It would now, be is this such Bill a Walton not on out because I feel like half the time he's drunk when he's calling the calls. Uh, probably I don't think high. He's drunk. Yeah. I don't think he's, he's drunk. probably high. He's definitely high. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 it <laughs> would be anything. it would be a fun challenge. I respect the heck out of Dave Pash for his ability to kind of string him. Agreed. But that wouldn't uh, work with you together. though. At least you're, you're the play by play. Like that wouldn't work with him though. 
No, he's the, he's the he's the analyst. He's so, the, I'm yeah, saying yeah. Well, you're you're the analyst though. Wouldn't that no 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 would be a conflict? Bill, no, I'm talking about Dave Patch. Oh, not, oh no no, no not with Dave Patch. I'm just saying I respect Dave. Oh, Patch. Oh Dave I'm Patch not, working with Bill. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm I was not, confused. Uh, there. I wouldn't do that. And then so that's difficult. Because <laughs> I was saying I don't know. That's two analysts right there. That's yeah. a little. Who iffy. else would be man? Maybe man. My number two. What about okay? I don't want to say sport by sport because that can be a little difficult, but. It could be anything, yeah. Anybody, anywhere. Professionally or even collegi- collegiately. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like a really good, like football analyst that I would enjoy work because John Gruden. <laughs> he's probably a little not too much. I can't even say. So. I couldn't even say this straight face. Not John Gruden. Honestly, I think Baselli would be funny just because Baselli? he's he's oh. very passionate. So you're looking for he, friends. He's in. Uh, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> uh, I I just enjoy some of the. I'm trying to get him in trouble. He's honest. <laughs> And that I mean, you're just looking for He's someone not who's too honest. But there, I agree there's, with you you're, mean. you're looking for someone who's honest no, and passionate as an analyst, exactly, yeah. who who knows how to get out of the way too. And that's that's an underrated skill. And that would be fun if you were going to look at a local at a local level. I guess he, he would be a fun fun dude to call a game with one day. Maybe okay. he'll come to a Ju game one day. Who knows? Hopefully, Baselli. Hope you're listening. <laughs> All right. So I've got a question here. Do you think you could call? Um, I just pulled up David Garrard's game running run against the Steelers. Oh yeah, game uh, saving run, not winning run, in yes, 2007 yes. against Which, the Steelers. The uh, the Al Michaels call. I saw. Yes, I, think I, think I know call. that off the top of my head. Where he's like, "Don't worry, I muted it." So, do you think I could? Do you think you could rec- call it right here? Because I put on mute, I lowered the volume. Do you think you can call it right here? I'm gonna test your uh, okay. play by play. All right, uh, Jerome Carter is the safety that made the tackle, right? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to go with seven. Yes. All right, we'll see. All right, so I'm playing the clip right now. It's on mute. So. All right, we'll see how this goes. Give me one second. All right, come on. T- hey, T-Mobile, come on, load now. <laughs> All right, here we go. You can never trust it. All right, fourth down and two. A minute 56 to play. Jaguars trail by one. Need to get into field goal range. Gerard in the shotgun. One back to his right. Drops back. Tucks it under his arm. Running up the middle. He's got a hole. 35-30. Breaks a tackle at the 25-20. Down to the 15. Brought down at the 10. Jerome Carter with a touchdown saving tackle. And the Jaguars are in business with a minute 43 and counting to play. God, that was golden. God, that was amazing. <laughs> That was amazing. I don't think I could have done that years ago, but that's <laughs> that's one of those things where you. That was amazing. I tried to fast forward to Scobie's uh, Scobie's game winning kick, Scobie's but game that it was a chip, it was a chip shot. That was that was that was anticlimactic, right? So it's at the at the end of the day, it's not a. I just pulled up. I was like, call. you know what? Let me pull up one call that every Jaguars fan remembers, and that's the do one you, everyone remembers. To be be honest with me, like, do you like pull up a? thesaurus to like find other words to say for certain things for like you know like aj Wojnarowski on the draft on draft night yes like baseball baseball i do have a a i have a sheet of it's got to be 50 to 60 words to describe a hit and because there's a lot you're just trying to find different ways to vary that and bangs, you know, bangs Doc right. Emmerich for NBC hockey, for hockey is yeah. the best at it. And mm-hmm. it's so hard because you listen back and you so realize true. you use certain words as crutch words and you go back to them over and over again. Honestly, the best way to prepare, just read. Read a little bit every day. And you, you're just exposed to more words. And then you're just, they're just going to naturally so enter your lexicon. Read and anything? Then or read like anything. Recaps of sports? Read anything. Okay, read anything. I, th- I think, okay. I think okay. just reading in general is smart because you're going to learn words. And a lot of these words carry over into ways that you could apply them into sports based off the various sport. But be well-read. It's a, it's a huge way to 
to grow that vocabulary without you know sitting there trying to like cram like a yeah. test. Gotcha. I've got one, at least one. I, right, I said my last questions yeah. earlier. This okay. is my last question. All right, PFT. Give me. What is it? Yeah, I know exactly. That's not like PFT. <laughs> so give me one commentator from each sport, the ones you've at least covered, that you admire or look up to. Whether that's football. You don't say Gus Johnson. I'm basketball, <laughs> baseball, even hockey. Like you just said, Doc Emmerich. I know he's the best. I don't follow hockey, but I know Doc Emmerich's yes. the best. Seen from Twitter. Seen from at least Keith. And you just confirmed it pretty much. Like from your sports that you've called, football, basketball, baseball, any other sport, that you, soccer even, if you follow soccer that much, give me a commentator that you've looked up to or admired in the past few years. I grew up listening to Gene Deckerhoff and Florida State football on the radio. Okay, Gene. I think I started doing that probably when I was a baby. I'm sure my dad had it pulled mm-hmm. up on the radio. Uh, we'd be in the car or whatnot, and I think I, it was as natural as anything else I've ever listened to in my entire life. Uh, Gene Deckerhoff, and I have had the pleasure to meet him a couple of times, both professionally yes, and Gene, casually, yeah. and mm-hmm. he is an absolute joy and as great as you One can possibly... One of the possibly, nicest human beings you can meet. It, oh, yeah. it, so many, so many, they say, what, don't meet your heroes, right? Well, he, meeting him was actually an absolute pleasure, and I still listen to him as often as I can because I absolutely love Gene, and a lot of my style, I don't want to say I've copied my style, but I, I've taken certain elements especially the biggest thing is he is someone who if you don't if you're not listening carefully and you hear him get excited you listen you have to listen in yes. because you don't know yeah. whether or not that's going to be the the Seminoles making a play or, or the, the, oppo- other team. the opposing team I'm making done, a play I and i have so always <laughs> taken great pride in being someone who gets a suspense up does not have a, a meltdown i guess when when the other team scores like it's not a huge it's if a, if a big play happens, it's a big play. It's exciting, and you should, mm-hmm. you should exhibit that in a broadcast. So I've always tried to be that kind of person who, who translates that regardless of who is the team having the successful play or moment. So would Gene be your football and basketball guy? or because he, I know he's, he my, both. he's my football or guy for actually. sure. Football? He's my football guy. Um, okay. uh, football, television football, I mean, man, who? Well, how about you come thinking football? Spiro Adidas? Uh, no. <laughs> dude. No, he not Spiro Jackson, I don't care about him anymore. Uh, I love Kevin Harlan okay. for, for basketball. For football. Oh, he's really good um, at Yeah, he is really, really good, good at football. football. If you've ever heard him on the radio, his ability to describe action is impeccable. You want to talk about using a lot of words now? He'll throw he'll describe a ball, just a casual slant route over the middle as lofts it into the arms of the, you know, something that mo- the casual guy so, is not. Something that to gets say. your image right. work, your yeah, mind exactly. working. Exactly. So where you he have an absolute visual. Yeah. Absolute visual. Yeah. Uh, I really like Ian Eagle in basketball. I think he's tremendous as far as his level of excitement and picking up his tone as well. He has a distinct style that I'm a huge fan of, and he works very well with his color guys. Uh, radio basketball, I'm trying to think if there's anyone that really stands out. It's funny because, like, NBA, you don't really know radio play-by-play yeah, guys. Oh, I mean, well, not, I know one of the them is radio. Guy, the Magic guy has a really good voice. Who? Not, not, not the, David Steele. Not the Spanish guy. Not David Steele? No, uh, no, no. They're, they're radio guys. Because I know the, the radio guy, for uh, at least for the Knicks, is... Um, Mike Green. 
Yeah. Okay, well, that, that's, that's a rare situation, that's yeah. the rare one. Yeah. That's, that's the one I know. Uh, Joe, Joe Sunderman does Xavier basketball on the radio, and I've listened to Gene him a ton over the years, and I, I enjoy his style and how he calls a game and how he works with Byron Larkin, the color guy. And baseball, that's I mean, right. Vin Scully was the GOAT. I mean, he's the greatest Scully, of all yeah. time. Baseball for Dodgers, right? Yes. Fact, Keith, Keith yeah. knows that I would go on MLB, I would just turn on MLB Network late at night because they would play a lot of Dodgers games and because all. Because I remember yeah, when I was watching. Dodgers D-bag. It's like, we don't care about the game, we're just listening. Exactly. I remember a few, at least the last two, maybe two years ago, when I came over to your old place, yeah. you, Keith, and Eric were living together. Eric, at one point, put on, put on, put the TV on mute. This is, I'm just basing it on memory. Put Gene Deckerhoff on radio. Yes. And listen to the game. Yes, we, we have like, done that. What? We have done that. And I was like, that's actually very interesting because I've never thought about putting the TV on mute and putting the radio play by play. Here's a funny story about that. When when I was in. I don't know, uh, middle school, I would sit there and pull out the radio and pull out the headphones and I would listen to the game while the game was on TV. Now, I obviously the radio is a little bit faster, right? Uh-huh. A couple of seconds mm-hmm. faster. Yeah. Not, not a huge difference, but just enough to where I would hear the plays before. And I was tipping plays, I guess you could say, when I first okay. started doing it. And my dad basically had a rule at that point. It's like, all right, if it's you're going to, either you don't listen to the radio or you figure out a way to Keep not let the play. <laughs> so I became, it might have actually become a good skill to have just in general as far as composing myself when great things were happening because if a huge play was happening, I would know and I would have to basically keep myself, like I could sit there and do something like a, a fist clench or something like, th- nobody's looking at me, so they're not going to notice. Yeah, so watching the TV. Enough. So I could get away with a little bit of a, yeah, like a yeah, little yeah. fist pump or <laughs> or like a little bob or something like that. But like that would like be it. You clench your fist. Right, right. And, cl- then, and then have to fist. wait the three seconds until it happened on the TV. And then I could celebrate with everybody else. But yeah. I did that for years. I think all the way through late middle school and high school, I listened to games on Saturdays while watching them on TV. And and I this past year, I didn't even have a television. I moved into my apartment. I uh, just... For whatever reason, didn't buy a TV grandpa, before. Don't, don't, don't comment on grandpa I, I, moving in on place. <laughs> I I didn't buy I didn't buy a TV when I first moved in, and then and then the school year Stay started, and I got really busy and just never thought about it. So I listened to pretty much every Florida State game that year that I was able to follow, and and it wasn't enough of them because Trust they were playing it. They they were playing at noon at the same time as Ju. Like every week, it felt. It like. wasn't even worth this yeah. past year. And, just took a Jimbo Fisher. And I listened to a lot of Jaguars games. And ones I didn't like go to or go out for, I would listen to, especially a row game sometimes. And mm-hmm. I listened to the entirety of the Major League Baseball playoffs on Dang. on the radio this year. And it's just, I think it's something where I think a lot of people appreciate it. But when, I think when you're in the industry, you just have a certain level of pa- mm-hmm. different amount of passion for it. And I love it. I, I have the MLB pass this year where I listen to games all the time, and it's it's tremendous. I I I just. I love the medium. I love being in the medium. And I just hope that maybe there's a kid out there one day that's listening to me the same way that gets inspired. Okay. Yeah. So I know I said the last question earlier. Whatever. It's all right. I we sound like PFT going. and Big Cat, whatever. Um, all day. If you had to pick between being a radio broadcaster or a TV announcer, like the play-by-play, like uh, what's the name? I can't remember. Joe CBS. Like, no, God, no, not Joe Jim Buck. Nance. Jim Nance, thank you. Like Jim Nance, or I guess I mean, Spirodides, like or right? Joe Buck. I don't care for J- Joe Buck. I love Joe Buck. Uh, he's grown on me a lot. He's yeah, gotten a lot better. Yeah, yeah. He's gotten better, I guess, but that's not the point. Like one of those guys. Would you prefer radio or TV? 
it's not even a question anymore. And it used to be one for me when I was first coming up, when I was doing a little bit of both for the first time and trying mm-hmm. to figure out what the best avenue for me going forward, radio. Uh, I just love it. It's such really? a, it's a different, it's a completely different avenue. It's when you can either is it because you don't like just for example like at least the beginning you don't like to be on camera or was it just because here's the thing it sounds better on a radio lot of, a lot of people that are in this industry have uh, an ego i mean uh-huh. I'll, I'll count myself as one of them you everyone you, has an ego right everyone, everyone no has an what. ego and like i do a job in which i'm convinced that people like to listen to me i mean that that's anybody Fair who's enough. worked in sports talk radio like we like we record podcasts right because we think that people are going to care enough about Shout it to listen to us right so that, that's subscribing that's, unsubscribing <laughs> subscribe again just process you have to have a certain level of ego and that ego i, I mean i'll be honest I, I like the medium too but there's a certain you're the star as the play-by-play guy uh-huh. on radio you are the star oh, on tv the analyst is the star and it's a certain skill you have to set up that guy to be the star or gal however uh, type of situation you're working okay. but but the analyst is really second fiddle to you because you have to paint the picture for on a, on a radio broadcast, and and if you don't do a good job at your job of really describing the action, keeping people abreast of time, score, uh, something as simple as what side of the field the ball is on, then people are lost at home. And and there's a there's you know as they say in Spider Man, with great power comes great responsibility. You have a lot of power in that. <laughs> great Spider Man yes. reference there. <laughs> you have a lot of power in the play by play chair on a radio broadcast, and it's your Compared job. Compared to not be on TV, because I know you did ESPN three. But yes, I, I have done it, and granted. Would I love to work at a high-level television broadcast one day? That would be phenomenal because you have everything at your fingertips, at your disposal. I mean, I I work at a very low-level version Mm. of that, which I'm setting up my own equipment. I'm troubleshooting in the middle of uh, games when things go wrong. Yeah, that's not – Al Michaels doesn't have to do that. No, no. Uh, Al Michaels doesn't lift a fingertip. Yeah, no, he walks in, he sits down, he puts the headset on, and and (laughs) – There's just a there's a certain level of of stardom that comes with radio play by play. Plus, plus m- most of the time the radio guy is in- ingrained with the team, right? Mm-hmm. So you're the voice of the Jaguars. Yeah, you're the like voice your of the broadcast. Seminoles. Okay, you can be a little biased toward your team, and and I like that nature of it too. I like being the voice of the Dolphins, and that I can be pro Ju. I don't have to be straight down the middle because I'll be honest sometimes it's hard when I do ESPN 3 technically I'm supposed to be split down the middle I'm not supposed to be uh, biased one way or the other and there was a game in the uh, conference tournament a couple years ago where there was a really bad call at the end of game that ended up costing JU a chance to win it and I I look back on it and I and I'm very proud of my ability to stay professional in the moment especially when they showed the replay but boy, was it hard. One of the hardest things I've ever done in a broadcast <laughs> was sit there and not to say, like, that was a flat-out blown call. Because it was. So do you hate UNF and Richard <laughs> no. Miller? I do not. And I Richard not. Miller? When, uh, when I am doing... Although he's a baby, he's a dad now, but do you hate Richard Miller? No, no, I love Richard. He's one of my... He, he's, he's Sorry, Richard, my, we love you. We're just messing with you. He, he's, he's one of my best friends in this business and outside of this business. And... Uh, and I hope that one day he gets a chance to get back in uh, as full-fledged as he was uh, until recently at UNF because he deserves it. We can talk off air about that. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, well, going back to the uh, painting the picture thing, I've noticed that. You know, when I tune into you on the radio, I'll hear, you know, the similarities to Gene. Gene always did a good job where if I turn on the radio as soon as I got in my car, 
two seconds later, he'd be like, you know, it's, you know, 13 to 10 Florida State, 13, you know, seven minutes left in the third quarter, Seminoles are driving. You know, you, you do a very good job of letting me know where we are in the game, what's going on. And like, that's one of those things that's really underappreciated when you're listening on the radio. You don't think about that until you actually start listening. You're like, and you're wondering, man, what, right? what, where, when is this? Is it the first inning? Is yeah. the last inning? What the hell is going on? And like, you do a really good job of just like letting us know, like, oh, this is this is where we are at in the game. Okay, good. I'm I'm back in it. You know, it's happening now. It's a cardinal sin in broadcasting to not sit there and say time. It's funny because you sit there and you're part of it, right? Mm-hmm. So you sit there and you go, man, I'm saying this a lot. But that's because you are saying it a lot. But think about it. You get in your car and you drive down to the, the gas station down the road. And if you drive, if, t- if it's a 10 minute round trip and you get in your car and you get up gas and then you drive home and you don't get time, time to score one time, that's a disaster. Yeah. I mean, you that, have no idea where you're failure, going on. Yeah, as far as the It could be the last concerned. inning or the first inning. And, you have no idea. And it's one of those situations where, especially when you're, when, when you're in it and, you, and you're cognizant of it, you probably are guilty of it at times. Mm-hmm. But I get in the car and I find myself yelling at the radio. I'm like, "What time is it? What is the score?" <laughs> See, at least for me, when it yeah. comes to like, I listen to podcasts when I drive, get in my car. I sometimes play it back thirty to forty five seconds to see what the hell I listened to recently. Yeah. And the thing is, with live radio, you can't do that. So no. I feel like it's from nope. responsibility to at least update everyone with what's going on. And the other big part of radio is you don't think about it. Most of the time, people aren't sitting. This isn't the 1920s. People aren't sitting there and staring at the radio <laughs> all and day. In like, every word that you say, yeah. and comprehending it. You have the radio on while you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. Either you're driving in your car, you're out at a cookout, you're uh, you're you're cleaning your house. Like there, there's always something else that you're doing while you're listening to the radio. So your comprehension is not going to be 100. percent And that's another reason why it's so important to repeat time and score over and over again. Well, wow, that was a really long interview. I'm really impressed with everything we were able to ask. I hope I'm surprised we got this. You guys had great questions. I hope you listeners uh, enjoy everything about this. Uh, before we go, though, I wanted you to plug your own podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit Thank more you. about uh, Manzi and Miller on sports. Manzi and Miller on sports. We are, I think we're f- officially three years in. Wow. I think it, uh, yeah, we started in no 20. Way. No. Yeah, three years, three years. We've done three years of this now. Holy and now uh, I know. And uh, Richard and I, we should be coming back, hopefully, with an episode this week. Uh, i got to okay. get in touch with him and, uh, and figure out. I've, I've been out for the last two weeks out of town, so it was difficult to record. But Tell him we dissed him in this one. <laughs> I'll, I'll let him know. But uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I can't tease like what it's going to be about or anything like that yet because we, uh, we have not brainstormed. But it is available on Apple Podcasts, on the all-new Google Podcast all app. Right. And uh, SoundCloud as well. Remember uh, to, subs- to uh, subscribe, unsubscribe, and then subscribe yeah. again. And uh, leave leave a review. Five-star and, review. Uh, of course, for those of you that maybe haven't listened to it before, the, the premise is that Richard and I have been around the city. about around. We both worked in sports in this town for uh, quite a while. And what we try to do is bring you analysis of the happenings in, in sports that – Jacksonville sports that aren't necessarily the traditional. I, I, we don't talk. So like the Armada. Right. The we don't talk Jags every week because everybody else is talking Jags. So we'll talk about the Armada. We'll talk about the shrimp. We'll talk about uh, business happenings. We'll and talk about Ryan JU Hunt. and UNF. We'll talk about things, uh, uh, all of those kind of second tier things, if you will. I definitely uh, also give them a like on Facebook as well. Yep. And uh, give Scott a follow on Twitter if you don't already at Scott Manzi. Just as easy as mine. Just yeah, change the, the first, first name. name. I mean. Yeah. 
I remember when your Twitter name was, uh, what was it, Chief Keith? Or was yeah, Instagram Chief name? Keith 23. Yeah, I was Brocia 16. That was, uh, thanks to the boys that are luckily here with us this weekend. But, uh, Scott, it's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for thinking that people might care enough to uh, listen to this. So yeah, people don't care anything about Jacksonville-related, to be yeah. honest. If, if people care about anything Jacksonville-related, they'll care about this podcast, and hopefully they give us a listen. And we'll see if Katie, our friend Katie listens to this podcast or not. I'll be listening. <laughs> she All says right. she's here. Well, take it easy, Scott. Thank you. All right, so thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Make sure you listen to Manzi and Miller on sports. They got a really good podcast. You can listen to them on SoundCloud or really basically every podcast platform. But that's all we got for this episode. We will have another episode coming real soon with more content about other things. Uh, Shout out to... All the boys, shout out to Daisha for coming up with some questions to ask Scott for that interview. And just shout out to Scott for uh, giving us that interview. Obviously, it shouldn't be too hard to get your own brother on a podcast. But, you know, I hope you all learned a little bit more about the voice of the JU Dolphins. And if you know anyone else that would be down for an interview, please let us know. We'd love to have them on the show. And we can uh, talk a little bit more. So you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget, trust the process. Bye-bye.